but the promised light is coming. I love that so much. Good morning, everyone. It is a great opportunity to be here with you this morning. It's been celebration after celebration here this morning. Um, How many of you went to the Penfield Christmas Blast yesterday? Yes, awesome. That's another just great way to get out there and celebrate this season in the community. And I know there was one thing that was mentioned briefly. I just want to give it a little bit more um, time for you to look at it. But uh, about a week ago, we had a jingle jam, which is a worship service for our kids and their parents down in the theater. And it was full. And we have a really special picture of that. That is our esteemed pastor, Rob Catalani. He is attacking and deflating an eight-foot um, gingerbread man. <laughs> and you know what? As much as I am much more comfortable on that stage, I think Pastor Rob is the same in reverse, but he did it for us anyway. So I'm just so grateful for Rob and his heart and his humility to get up there and just have fun with kids and families. <clears throat> So this morning brings us to the third Sunday of Advent. And as a reminder, the season of Advent is the time just before Christmas when we as the church and and the church globally get to remember and to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we also get to anticipate and prepare and look forward to Christ's return. So this morning, we're going to be looking in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. It's it's almost um, 10 verses. It's a passage that is commonly referred to as Mary's song. You know, I was so excited to be able to, to talk about this passage this morning because it's a song. Those of you who know me well know that I love songs and I love lyrics and I just, I love music in general. If you walk past the family ministry office on any given Tuesday afternoon, um, Tuesdays is the day we all have lunch together. We, We call it the Tuesday shindig. And sometimes you'll get to hear us singing and, and even see us, um, dancing around the office. We have a good time. I love creating Spotify playlists for special occasions, for holidays, to share with my friends. Music has always been very important to me, very important part of my life. All kinds of music, but for me, it started with praise music. When I was four years old, I stood in front of my church congregation and I sang a song called Be My Lord. Now, I've searched for it on the internet, and I can't find it anywhere, so I'm guessing it was like a song that the church made up. And I'm not going to, um, I'm going to spare you, I'm not going to sing it to you right now, but I'm going to read you the lyrics because they're so simple and special. Be my Lord, make my heart new. I just want to live for you. You loved me first enough to die so that I might have eternal life. What a blessing to have those words be the song of my heart at four years old. 
Before we get to Mary's song, I want to just give us a bit of context. Let's, let's take a look at Mary and who she was at this time. She was a young adolescent girl. She was believed to be somewhere between the ages of 12 and 16 years old. She was young, she was poor, she was unknown. She had never been a mother. She had no wealth. She had no family inheritance. And she boasted no fame or social status. So seemingly, she had nothing to offer, yet she was chosen by God himself to be part of his plan of redeeming all of mankind. But if you are familiar with the scriptures, you know that God is in the habit of using nobodies. Just think of some of the people that God used even before Mary. Think about Moses. Moses was a baby that was destined to die. I mean, he was floating around in a basket in a river when there was an angry pharaoh on the loose wanting to kill all the babies. Moses was saved by God's grace. David was just a little kid who had to take care of his father's sheep while his big brothers got to go out and fight the Philistines. David was the least likely in his family to be anything important, but God used David in powerful ways. And then there was Gideon. Gideon was called by God to deliver Israel. But do you remember Gideon's response? He said, I'm the least important kid in the least important family in the weakest country in the world. Gideon knew he was a nobody. But God said, yeah, I know, but I'll be with you. There are many, many such illustrations throughout both the Old and the New Testament. Those who thought they were really somebody became nobody. And those who, were, who knew they were a nobody became somebody because of God's grace. The point of the gospel is that God continues to use people who understand that they are not worthy and that without God, they are nothing. Mary is one of those people. I'm just going to paraphrase some of what happened to Mary before she sang her song. When the angel Gabriel came to visit her to tell her she would conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world, no big deal, right? She simply asked the angel, how could this be possible since she was a virgin? The angel told her it would be possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the angel also told her that her cousin Elizabeth, who was thought to have been too old to conceive, was six months pregnant at that time. And Mary's humble response was, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as you have said. Now, I would like to say that if I had just had that same conversation with the angel, that I would, would have responded in the same way, with humility and in submission to God and his will and his plan. But... I'm pretty sure the conversation with the angel 
would have sounded maybe more like an argument. Maybe trying to convince the angel that he had the wrong person and that he needed to check his GPS because he's at the wrong house. Mary showed incredible humility and courage in response to the angel. I just distinctly remember the morning that I found out that I was pregnant with my first child. I was 21 years old, single, living with my two college roommates at the time. There was no angel there to deliver the news, only a drugstore pregnancy test that I was desperately praying would be negative. It was not. It was positive. I was convinced that the test must be wrong, so I immediately took another one. Positive again. So I walked downstairs to where one of my roommates was on the phone, and I I slid the test across the table to her, and she was mid-sentence, and her eyes got wide, and she said, yeah, I'm going to have to let you go. And she hung up the phone. And we spent the rest of that day uh, laughing together, crying together. I remember feeling completely terrified. But here's the thing. I knew that I was a nobody who couldn't do this on my own. Or even with the help of my amazing friends and family. I knew that I needed Jesus. And that I really had needed him all along. But that was the day that I would find myself humbled enough to admit my need for a savior. And that I was ready to submit to his plan for my life. So you could say, my heart began to sing a song again. Be my Lord, make my heart new. I just want to live for you. You loved me first enough to die so that I might have eternal life. Soon after Mary's encounter with the angel, she was off to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And when Mary greeted Elizabeth, and Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the Bible tells us that the child in Elizabeth's womb jumped for joy. And that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she said to Mary, Mary, you're going to be blessed because you believe that God kept his promises to you. And that brings us to Mary's song. And it's still shocking to me every time I read it how awesome this response is from Mary. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. What an outstanding response in the middle of pretty dire circumstances. Instead of what I would think was going to be like a sad song or maybe a bluesy song talking all about her difficult situation and all the trials she may face. No, this, this was a song of joy, a song of praise, a song of worship with lyrics that came straight from the heart of a humble, ordinary young girl with an extraordinary faith. I like to think of Mary's song, also called the Magnificat, which simply means to magnify in Latin. I like to think of this song as the very first Christmas song ever sung. And although we can learn a lot about Mary through this song, this song isn't about Mary at all. It's all about Jesus. Mary's song points straight to God. If we take a closer look at the song, we can find it to be strikingly similar to many of the Psalms in the Old Testament. So Mary was a child of Israel. She believed in God. She had heard the word of God through the scriptures as she grew up. So it's no wonder then that her song uses some of the same words found in many of the Psalms. Mary's praise to God is patterned after the praises of the faithful who had gone before her. And many of the worship songs today do the exact same thing. We were singing this morning, He will reign forevermore. We sing back to God the very word that he has given us. Be my Lord, make my heart new. I just want to live for you. You loved me first enough to die so that I might have eternal life. At four years old, I was singing back to God his promises. Mary was singing back to God his promises in her song. And before her very eyes, these promises were coming true. I want to look at verses 48 and 49 in her song. Mary sings, From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. We're going to look at that. All generations. There are very few references to things in the Old Testament that last for all generations. So few that I can name them for you right now. The, one, the things that are referred to that were going to last for all generations in the Old Testament are the Lord's name, his will, his praise, his faithfulness, his reign, his truth, his forgiveness, and his presence. Remember, 
This song is not about Mary. It's all about Jesus. The reason all generations will call her blessed is because the embodiment of all these promises from God is growing in her belly. Jesus is the Son of God. He is God's truth. He is God's faithfulness. He is God's forgiveness. He is God's presence with people. Jesus came to provide God's full salvation for all generations. He is not just Mary's baby. He's Mary's savior. That's why she's blessed. Mary was blessed because the Lord was with her. And here's the good news for you and for me. All people are blessed with whom Christ dwells. Paul tells us in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you are one of these people. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in, those, in the lives of those people who got baptized this morning. Christ is living in the people who are taking the next steps in their faith. Christ lives in you. And it's not because of anything really that you've done, except for you've accepted his gift of salvation. He has done everything necessary for your salvation. He watches over you, he protects you, and he always will until the day he calls you to be with him. All generations can most certainly call you blessed. You are blessed because Jesus is with you and he always will be. So I ask the question, what song is your heart singing this Christmas season? I'm sure there are many of you who are walking through difficult situations, who are walking through trials, And sometimes when we're in the middle of that mess, it makes it hard for us to sing, especially to sing a song of joy. But what is joy really? Is joy happiness? I would say no. I would say happiness is more connected to what's going on around us in any given moment. Happiness is not a choice, but it's a response to whatever's going on. On the other hand, for those who know Jesus as their Lord, joy is a choice. I love how Rick Warren defines joy. He says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. The determined choice to praise God. And remember Mary. She was in the middle of something. I'm sure she was confused. I'm sure she was afraid. I'm sure she was unsure about her future. But her joy and her faith 
were not dictated by her emotions or her circumstances. Mary made the determined choice to praise God. When I found myself pregnant at 21 years old and single, I was not happy. But I did experience joy. The settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And I didn't really know it at the time, but it was the determined choice to praise God. And do you know how freeing that is? To choose joy over worry? To choose joy over shame? To choose joy over terror? And what makes it possible for us to choose joy? Jesus. I knew Jesus' promises to me, just like Mary knew Jesus' promises to her. Promises of truth, promises of faithfulness, promises of forgiveness. I remembered that I am blessed. Does that mean everything after that was easy and life was perfect and all tied up into a neat little bow? No way. But those are not the promises of God, are they? Life has been difficult at times, and it continues to be difficult at times. But my heart can sing a song of joy, knowing that God is with me every step of the way. We've got a photo that they're going to put up on the screen for us. These are my three daughters. Um, The middle one is Casey Rose. That was at her wedding three years ago. She is my firstborn daughter. She's 27 years old now, and she continues to be a huge source of joy in my life. And I think of Mary and how she anticipated the arrival of her baby on that very first Christmas. And I can't help but think about how I anticipated the arrival of Casey 27 years ago. And it brings me great joy that now my family and I are anticipating the arrival of my first grandchild due this April. So I ask you, what song is your heart singing this Christmas? I pray that it's a song of joy. I pray that you can have joy like Mary, no matter what your circumstances look like, because you have been blessed. Because God's promises weren't just for Mary, and they're not just for me. They're for you as well. I pray that you can have true joy that comes from Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus, that we can be called blessed because of him. Thank you, God, for using Mary the way that you did and showing us through her life, what it looks like to have joy no matter what the circumstances are. 
God, I thank you that your promises are true to all of us forever. And God, I pray that you would be our source of joy, not just this season, but our whole lives long. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.